0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host of the Modern Conservative Podcast, brought to you twice a week. Five o'clock is our recording time. Posting is about six. Um, I want to you know tell everybody have a great week. I Hope you're having a great week. And uh, I want to talk about for a few seconds a, a buddy of mine. Um, he has a, a brand new website. It's a clothing line. It's called a uh, Moosehorn Hunting. Dot com, moosehornhunting.com. He is a friend of mine. Mind when you go to the website, you are actually supporting the blue. He is a Utah former Utah Highway Patrolman. Now he's the chief of police in a specific liberal city in Utah. I'll just keep it at that so he doesn't get in trouble. Um, today I have a guest with me. He's a friend of mine that I met recently while campaigning while he was campaigning here in Utah. And that name is Trevor Lee. Trevor, how are you, buddy?
1: Doing great, John. Thanks for having me on. So Trevor, what in the hell possessed you to get into politics? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a good question. Uh, Cause even the thought of, of being up on Capitol Hill all the time for all the bills, I mean, it doesn't sound fun, but as I went to a lot of the legislative session this last year to help rally for bills and and items that I thought were important, I watched as bill after bill was shot down either in committee or in the House or in the Senate. And just so many good things weren't being passed in a state that I love. And it just made me think, you know what, there's only so much I can do. So if there is more that I can do, then I want to do it. And that's when I decided I wanted to run. So I filed to run the run. that Forty-five minutes before the deadline, and put my hat in the ring. <laughs> and it turned out quite well, actually, for you. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I wanted to go the route of the delegates uh, with convention and caucus, and it worked really, really well for me. Just like you said, I was able to get a supermajority at the convention and unseated a ten to twelve-year incumbent who has mm-hmm. never lost. You're exactly
0: right. So my question is this: now, you mentioned the caucus system. Explain the caucus system to those out there who don't quite understand the caucus system here in Utah, per se.
1: Yeah. So I think there is nothing like it when it comes to an opportunity to meet one on one with your representatives and with anyone who's running for office, whether it's state senator, whether it's the local senators, the congressman. The governor, lieutenant governor, I mean, you name it, this is your ability to show up at what we have a caucus meeting once a year. And mm-hmm. your neighbors will vote on who is going to be a delegate to represent either in the county elections or the state elections. And when you are elected, you are then part of a list of people who the candidates are supposed to be able to meet with the, the candidates are then supposed to be vetted by the delegates. And the delegates get a lot of that one-on-one to ask them questions, to meet with them. And so the candidates are trying to win the votes of the delegates, not the entire group of people who are going to be voting in the general election. This is a party uh, system here. So this is where, as you go as a Republican, you go to your Republican Party caucus, and you have to run as a delegate, which, by the way, anyone can run. I mean, there's no restrictions on this. And it's highly encouraged for people to show up. The more people that go, the better. That means there's going to be more involvement. And that's, that's how the system should go. And then supposedly the, the candidates are supposed to be honing in and getting the hard questions from the delegates who have been elected by their, their neighbors.
0: You know, in past days, I've been hearing um, some of these politicians that are running that do not like the caucus system. You know, there's those are out there that are saying that the caucus system does not represent the majority of Utahans.
1: I actually disagree with them completely. How about you? Yeah. In fact, I think the only people who dislike the caucus system are Democrats and Republicans who are Democrats in sheep clothing, right? Wolf in sheep clothing. Exactly because right. if you want to get involved, you can. No one's restricting you. No one's stopping you. And when I ever hear whenever I hear someone complain about, it, I said, Well, did you go to your caucus meeting? Did you go talk to your neighbor who is your delegate representing your precinct? And most of the time, it's no. Or if it's a moderate Republican or someone who doesn't share the values of the Republican Party platform, they're the ones who are upset, too, because your delegates Mm -hmm. tend to be your most informed, educated voters that we have in the entire state. And that's who I want picking to represent my party when it comes to the general election, because in Utah, I mean, there's no secret. If you're a Republican, you're typically going to win in almost any election throughout the state. And th- that's why if, if people don't like it, it's because they're scared of the delegates and they're scared of the people who will ask them the good questions and who will vet them and properly know what they stand for and how they're going to represent the people. You know, and it's funny
0: because um, the uninformed voter are usually Democratic or how do I say, yes. <laughs> these people will vote just because the person that's on the ballot is a damn Democrat. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what their agenda is. It doesn't matter if they have any proposals or any good ideas. It's just because they're Democrat. They just want to beat the Republicans. The problem I have with uh, Utah right now, people like Becky Edwards, for example, you know, she's telling people that, you know, Republicans need to Democrats need to switch over to Republican status and uh, vote for moderate and against Mike Lee, for example. Well, that didn't work out well for her, but um, <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work out well at all because the true Republicans. Conservatives. And, you know, show their voices with their vote. Now, my question is this to you. How long do you think it's going to take Utah to turn purple? Because it's, it looked like it's heading that way.
1: You know, and I, and I hear that a lot from people because we're having so many people migrate into Utah from other states. But it's interesting, John, what I have found is I actually feel like most people who come to Utah actually share those values with us. That They're, they're fleeing a state or, a, you know, a communist regime of California or Seattle or Oregon, somewhere in Portland, and and they don't like that, so they're coming here. But I feel like the problem is not them. Who's turning the state more purple? It's the people with money that come here. Someone with a you know a second home in Park City. It's people like our governor who say they're Republicans. They barely come out with you know thirty, a little more than thirty percent of the vote to become our governor out of their rep- Republican Party system because they're trying to bypass the caucus and you can gather signatures and it splits the vote. And then mm-hmm. when they get into power, I mean, they are lobbying all of these rich corporations and people to give them money. And so we're not getting a lot of money to back a lot of the, the grassroots candidates in Utah anymore. bar. In fact, even, even Mike Lee, he'll, he'll tell you that, you know, it's getting hard for them to gather money as a constitutional conservative because the governor and people like Mitt Romney, they're hoarding all the money and they have all of that in their pocket. And it's like, you're seeing a split within the Republican party. And They all say they're Republicans, but as we know, you've got like your moderate, I mean, they're Democrats that say they're Republican, and then you have your Republicans who are conservative and are what we should be. So I, I think that those people are making the biggest difference because they're swaying people who typically would generally be Republican, but when you've got money and you're putting signs out and advertisements and you're all over the news, the media, the guys with the money, they're the ones making it feel like they're in the majority and they're flipping the state. And as we get more into these years here, and a lot of the millennials and people like even my age are becoming uh, some of your mainstream voters, uh, they're not into the caucus system. They're not in depth on the issues. And so, like you said, they're kind of voting with what they hear and what they see on the news and how our governor's telling. And it's just more liberal, more socialism is what they're pushing with their, their ideologies. And And that's what's turning the state purple. It's I mean, we still have a lot of of great Republicans here, but it's being the the noise is a lot louder from the rhino side or from the the Democrat side of the Republican Party. And, you know, speaking of people coming in from out of state, for
0: example, Mitt Romney coming in here and saying he has a home here, which he does not live here and he becomes senator. I want to next year. I'm actually going to make it publicly known that I'm going to work on a bill next year where you have to live in the state for at least 51% of your time in this state. And then you just can't come and say, I got a home here. That's been here for two years. That makes me a resident. No, that doesn't make you a resident. That makes you a tourist. Mm -hmm. That's what it makes you a tourist. We need to find, figure out a way to make it. So people like Romney with a lot of money and look, Burgess Owens did the same thing. You know, I don't, I don't like that idea. I don't like that. Ability for people to do so because you know what? These guys come in from out of state, go back to Washington, D.C., and when they truly go home, they'll go back to their residence in Michigan and Wisconsin, and they don't know what's going on in Utah because they really don't live here. So I want to get together with some senators that I know and some reps that I know, and I know quite a few, and see can we change this? You know, it shouldn't affect state reps because you live in the state anyway. Mm-hmm. And we control the voting laws by legislature in our state. So I don't know why we wouldn't do that. So we could stop the rhinos. You know, the I, I call them the DNC rhinos because uh, they send these guys in here. They run as a, like Romney did, runs it, run as a Republican. And then the crap he does is more liberal than anything. You know, he, he he's against the president who endorsed him, I shook his hand and said, look, I'll speak well on you, Mick Romney, when you run. And then he turns his back on him. He's a he, he's a coward. He he dodged the draft four times. He's a coward. I don't need a guy like that representing a conservative state because that's not the way
1: we roll. We're about guns, right. gods, and glory. So and, and, that's my take on it. You're exactly right, John. And I think that, and this even goes back once again to the caucus system because when you get people like Mitt Romney when they're as bad as they've been now since we thought, okay, some people will give him a chance. When Trump endorsed him, we thought, okay, he'll, he'll probably be good, all right? But now we've seen how bad it was. You know, two impeachments, all of the, the garbage that he's done, quite frankly, to elect Joe Biden, because if you're not with Trump, you're against him. And that's how it was in, right. the, in the last election. I mean, he hurt, he hurt him with the, that section of the population. But if we didn't have a way to gather signatures, I guarantee you, if he had to go straight through the delegates in the caucus system, He would never win again, ever. There'd be no possible way for him to win if we could get rid of that ability. I mean, even not living in the state, but you're going to get some people through a couple times, maybe once. And when there is that back and they're that nationally recognized, they would never win with our delegates.
0: What do you think about him winning in 2024? You think it's possible?
1: Uh, Romney? Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't think he would. I think the the support for him has has dropped off a lot because in 2016, when Trump first ran, there was a lot of skeptical Utahns. I mean, Evan McMullen pulled more independence from our state than almost any other state out there uh, from the Republican side. But in 2020, a lot of people saw what he did, saw his good policies, and, and they may not have liked the way he tweeted or whatever it was, but they ended up voting for him because they said, you know what? He's actually done a good job and saw the alternative with Biden. And they weren't going to be swayed again by another third-party candidate, and so I think that the same thing would apply with with Romney now. Is people have seen what he's been doing, and they are not happy. In fact, he wouldn't even show his face at state convention this last Saturday right. because he knew he knew that it would be overwhelmingly booed. But when he ran in 2018, it was mixed. It was probably a fifty-fifty with the delegates in him. They weren't sure. You had the ones who liked him, the ones who were like, uh, I don't know. But when Trump endorsed him, it pushed a lot of people his way who said, "Okay, I'll give him a chance, too. But Romney knows in 2024, if he tries to run again, there's going to be huge opposition against him. And I I, I don't think he will personally, but I don't think he would. And that's because he wouldn't win. You know,
0: my next the next person that I have a problem with is Spencer Cox. That is a true rhino That man is pure. He might even be transgender. I don't know. Because he's all for everything they say and do. Look, I don't have a problem with transgender as a whole. The issue came about when, you know, they're trying to make it so transgender can exploit my daughter's biological weaknesses. And I'm not for that. But if you want to be a transgender, that's between you and God. I'm a straight conservative, true conservative. You have the right to be who you are but do not try to force me and mine to participate into that dialogue and agree with it. So, but, but Spencer Cox, I am telling you, I have never seen a worse governor in my years of living. Now he is one of the top 10 most governor popular
1: governors in the country. Did you know that? I didn't. In fact, that surprises me. I'd have to see where the, the poll is coming from. 52%. Excuse me, sixty-two percent. Sorry. It was sixty-two percent. hmm Was that before or after he vetoed a bill for trannies? That was about three about three weeks ago. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. You know what? You know what's interesting, John? If you know, going door to door in campaigning, if you were to ask people, you know, what do you think about that? You would be hard to find people who agree with Cox's statement on that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I think, I think polls could be swayed. I mean, even running up to the twenty twenty oh, yeah. election, they were saying Hillary's got a chance in Utah. I'm like, no way. I mean, that's no so far off. And, and I think a lot of it is the same with Cox that the problem is, is there are some things that he's really good at like second amendment. I mean, he'll sign every one of those bills. He's really good with that kind of stuff, but the, the, the other issues that he's wrong on, he's not just wrong. He's really wrong. And And that stuff, I think, is going to become more transparent as this next legislative session comes up, because there's going to be a lot of really good bills that he's going to have to either side with the conservatives or he's going to have to veto again. And every time he has to veto a bill, I believe his popularity will go down, because when you get a a Congress and a Senate that will override his vetoes, every time he does that, that's showing that the people who elected those local representatives, that's who they side with, not the governor. And so it'll be really interesting to see moving forward how that happens because I mean he's got a what three four more years left. Gee, yeah, I don't. Know. It's eternity. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <Way too long. laughs> whatever it is. If it's just the next day, it's still eternity. But uh, I just you know I you know Herbert I didn't care much for it, but I wasn't really into politics at that time until things started really going in a crapper And I state, and I see things you know, we're going in the wrong direction. And then I would have, I was having all these aha moments moments that made me really use my common sense, you know, and the moment I started using my common sense, I started to realize I need to get in the fight. And uh now look, I don't always enjoy the fight, but I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. I tell you that right now, like you, you know, when somebody said to me, Hey, you should really, you know, talk to Trevor and get him on your, your podcast because the guy is really brilliant. And then when I met you at Andy Badger's, uh, uh, shindig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I actually, I said, I like that guy. I really like that. I can't stand behind that guy. I really can't. And then, you know, I tell my listeners, you know, I I will publicly endorse people that I like, and they don't have to ask me. And I don't know if they may not like that, but I have people that I do endorse, and there's people that call me, ask me to endorse them, and uh, and I only stand behind really good, solid people. Um, so here's my next question: before the uh, the pod, you and I are talking about CRT. Well, we mentioned it. Mm -hmm. Briefly in the discussion,
1: what's your thought on CRT or SEL, critical race theory? Uh, I mean, it's, it's garbage. It's, it's one of those things that will destroy not only our society, but it's going to destroy the family unit. Uh, When I see stuff like that uh, becoming mainstream, becoming popular. I mean, just, just let me point this out too. I just had to have an unconscious bias training with my company literally today. And I'm going to put that in the same category as the social emotional learning, the CRT. So I mean this this isn't just stuff that they're pushing on kids. They're trying to have adults in any of your companies and major corporations pushed on them as well. And they're, I mean, it's not like hey, you know, they're just kind of trying to do their thing, but they're trying to push this on people. This is an agenda. And when you get kids, for example, to start to Think differently than let than their conservative parents or they start to look at other people based on their race uh that's just i mean it's just wrong i mean that that's racism right there when you look at people not based on their merits but you look on and look at them based on their race or gender uh we're gonna have some serious problems we are taking 10 steps backwards from where we've come as a country i this stuff wasn't even a problem as far as i was growing up i never this stuff never crossed my mind when I went to high school, when I was in junior high, which, I mean, we're coming up on 10 years since then, but that shows you how fast it's progressed. And I'm going to blame mm-hmm. people like Obama for doing that because this Thank is you. when they really started to make the race wars bad. I mean, it was, it was, it was, you know, Ferguson, Missouri. It was, you know, if I had a son, he would be like this or Trayvon Martin, that kind of stuff is where it really started to, to, to seep into our society. And it just, it just has no place. It needs to go. And I think people need to wake up and realize that it's all around us. It's here. It's in Utah. This isn't just something that's, you know, in, in these blue states. They are actively coming for our children. They're actively trying to make people forced into with their corporate jobs, too. And so my thoughts, it's bad. Bad news. It's got to go. You know,
0: and my thoughts on that, and a lot of people that have listened know my thoughts, but I will reiterate it. Um, I truly believe I don't. This is the problem I have with CRT and and not necessarily TRT. Yes, I do have a problem. But the people when they hear CRT, those out there that say, hey, that doesn't exist. Well, I know you're a Democrat before we have the conversation because you've been listening to CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS and all the other idiot ass networks out there. Who's pushing CRT or have been spreading this this garbage? Um, I just think. People need to wake the hell up and get their feelings out of the way and use their common sense because anybody in their right mind, let's say they're not associating with the Democrats or the Republicans, just a straight parent, just a straight parent. When somebody tells you they're going to put, implement guard in your school, for me, it makes me go, hmm, let's check this out but there's people out there who really just like goes through one ear and out the other. And they just disbelief. Right. These are the people that will cut their nose off despite their face. You know, CRT has been around for a long time. People don't understand that they've been trying to teach our kids. Oh, they have been teaching our kids for years. Who do we think the teachers are nowadays? They got indoctrinated in college. Now they've gotten bolder. Now, and now they're trying to come after our kids because they realize one thing, When you take and give your kid a vaccine that's an experiment, and you allow your kids to have that vaccine injected in their body with no research, they realize parents will do about anything they want us to do as the government if we tell them to do so. And see, that's the trick with COVID. Because that was the thing, look, the mask, for example, I I don't want to sound like I'm getting off subject, but the mask, for example, it did one thing. It told the federal government how many people were complying. That's what the mask represent. Those people that were wearing the mask are compliers. So they figure, let's push this can a little bit further down the road and see what we can, you know, what we can make them do. See what they go along mm-hmm. with CRT. You know, you got Department of Education implemented this into schools with dollars and hospitals that are pushing it with dollars. So what happens is, you know, families are starting to sacrifice their own children just to comply with the freaking government. Look, I am a black man and I can tell you right now, sitting in this chair on my black ass, I can actually tell you that CRT is designed for my children to hate white children. I get that. But the problem is there's a lot of white people who won't allow themselves to think that because they they believe in that social emotional learning shit, excuse my French, because they don't want to be called a racist if they don't go along with CRT. And that's why it's, it's so wildly spreading right now because it's a lot of the white young girls that are help spreading this thing because they feel like they all need to save the puppy, which is
1: the black family. I digress. Yeah. And, and John, I, I think, quite frankly, I think it was embarrassing to a lot of black people to watch the gay agenda and Black Lives Matter try to align and team up. I mean, if I go talk to a lot of my friends who are black, they'd be like, yeah, man, I, I don't agree with all that LGBTQ stuff. I mean, it's it, it, of all the communities in America, that's one of the most against that agenda. If you go ask them, so the fact that they're just trying to get any group they can and just say no, you know, I mean, you'll see the the black and brown now in the LGBTQ flag. I mean, it's kind of mixed together. I'm like, that's embarrassing. I wouldn't want to be associated with those people, and and it's and it's sad. It really is because there's a lot of really good people out there. They just put too much faith in the government and and these these crazy white liberals they're the ones who are driving everything. And what do they not really not have another purpose in life? They need to go start families, make babies. They need to go give themselves something else to do instead of trying to feel like they need to be involved in a cause that quite frankly is nothing that uh, should be affecting them or the other people that they claim it's affecting. It's just, I mean, if, 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 if crap hits the fan, they're going to be the first ones to get thrown to the wayside. (laughs) <laughs> they're the ones they you're know, right. They're the ones who if if really they need to get something done or they need to eliminate people, those are the first ones to go.
0: You know, you mentioned that liberals, you know, to start having babies or something. Well, they haven't figured out two men can't make
1: make a baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's well, why Apple they're thinks, struggling. <laughs>
1: you know, it's funny, I heard something the other day because you know the Apple has that emoji now on your phones with the it's the pregnant dude, right? Right. But one of the arguments we've had for years, like this off subject a little bit with the abortion people, is you don't have uterus. You can't have babies. So you have no say. Well, do we have a say now if men can have babies? There there you go. There you go. Hey, Trevor, quick question. Last time you went
0: to the doctor, did he ask you, how was your menstrual cycle?
1: (laughs) No, no, he did not. He never (laughs) asked
0: me that. He never said, how's your ovaries hanging? Never said that to me either,
1: because we <laughs> don't I have them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but, but I tell you, the world's going crazy, brother. The world's going crazy right now. And, you know, bio, you know, biology doesn't exist anymore. Not true biology. You know, the, the world's gone now where they want us to dumb ourselves down to participate in their ludicrousy. And I just can't conform to that. It's just my mindset is not that, you know, look, you can have empathy, you can have apathy, you can have compassion, but you still have facts. The facts don't go away that a man is a man. You know, when they dig up a archaeologists, dig up a body a thousand from a thousand years ago and they run the DNA and they can tell whether it's a male or a female. And, but yet, people don't understand this because they don't understand. They think with emotion, and not facts or logic, not even just a little bit of
1: logic. Correct. Well, that shows you then, John, that you have common sense. You're a free thinker, all right? You get it. And sadly, there's just not a lot of that anymore. And that's because institutions that were generally designed to teach us to critically think and be independent, self governing individuals are gone. I mean, college doesn't do that anymore. That's where it used to, it used to be a place that you could do that. And, and now where or, you know, and I heard of this the other day as well Is when, when you get some of the brightest, most intelligent human beings that are going to these uh, Ivy league schools, you know, Harvard, Yale, or Princeton, wherever it is, they're not coming out of there smarter. They're coming out of there more dumb. And that's because they're, <laughs> they're just taught to follow the process. They are not taught to think and come up with new ideas. Uh, There's a famous professor who was talking about how, even with like these these guys who come out as doctors, all they know how to do is look at peer-reviewed studies and follow along with it. They don't know how to come up with their own ideas, their own inventions, their own medical practices that can change this or change that. And and these are the brightest individuals that we have that are able to get in there, but not anymore. They're coming out of there indoctrinated, not knowing how to think for themselves, going along with the status quo, and and, it's, and we're seeing the effects of it now. That's how we have a president in our office who has dementia, quite frankly. It's because people mm-hmm. that think they're educating and smart are voting for people like that. And they're not free thinkers anymore. And, and that's why, like I applaud you, John, is you are a free thinker. You get it. And you're helping other people understand that and to wake up because we need more of that. I
0: wonder, here's the question for you. So Let's go over this. A liberal doctor. A liberal kid going through medical school right now yeah and then when he graduates and becomes an md and if you ask him this question when you were in medical school were you able to determine what a male and a female was i wonder what his ex answer would be i wonder what he said well it just depends on where i put the knife or i mean when you when you think about this we don't ask this question. We always talk about it in a social setting, but in a medical setting, I wonder why a doctor nowadays coming out of med school would say, is there a difference between a
1: male and a female? You, you know why I think it is, John? I think it's because communist socialists don't believe in God. They, their religion is their agenda. And they will do anything at all costs to push their agenda, even at the expense of common sense and real science. And these people, they come out of school and that's everything to them. That's what they believe in. That is their that is their baby. That is what they live for now. And, and so they push common sense to the side. They push anything that uh, has to do with God or higher deity. And, and that's what I think Makes these people do that because you and I think, yeah. How do you go through medical school and you can't answer answer a basic biological question? And that's because they are so into what they're doing now in their agenda that that's that's what they live for now. Uh, and and it's interesting because I even have a friend who is going through medical school, and I've asked him too. I, I posted something about, for example, the border and, and illegal immigrants, and I was like, well, you know, we got to stop this flow. And he's like, oh, you're you're uncompassionate. You don't care. And I said, hey, man. Tell, tell you what, you're going to be a doctor, so when you get out of medical school, I hope that you treat every one of these people for free, or put yourself on a sixty thousand dollar a year salary. There's no need for you to make so much money, is there? And then he gets quiet. Right? <laughs> it's it, it is because these guys they they start to lose touch with reality. Reality. This was a, a friend of mine who was conservative growing up, conservative family, and man, he is so liberal now. It's driving me nuts. And you can just ask him those common sense questions or turn it on them. And they just do not have answers for it. And that's that's how a lot of these, these, these doctors are coming out of school. And the only thing I can pin it on is they don't believe in God now. And they're, they're all about their agenda. That's it. That's what they live for. And that's all they think is out there.
0: You know, compassion doesn't bring the prices of gas down. Compassion doesn't put food necessarily on the table. Compassion doesn't keep the freedoms that we have that are given to us by God, via the Constitution. See, compassion for the—you can have compassion for the Constitution, which we all have passion for the Constitution. Most of us, but compassion can only go so far. Compassion doesn't dumb me down and and put my t- my intelligence level at a five when I know damn well I operate around an eighty percent. So that means I think with most of my brain, not five percent of my brain, which is the compassion side. You know, I just don't understand. Uh, don't even get me going on that because I don't have much time. But you said something just a minute ago, the border. Tell me your thoughts on the border, your personal thoughts on the borders.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, well, as, as a state legislator, I I can. Look at the border of Utah, right, and I can make bills and help us here locally on, on a national scale, I think that. We are a sovereign nation. We should be we should know who is coming in and out of our country. And the amount of fentanyl that is crossing the border, the amount of sex trafficking, uh, it is so sad to watch this happen and not be on the news every single day the head frontline news because this is all stuff that could be avoidable. Every every bit of it you, you build the wall, which when I mean, you go down there, if you look at the border, there's a big chunk of, of the wall that's under construction that was halted from day one when Biden got in the presidency. That, that needs to be completed so we can help funnel people. The, the walls work. When people say they don't, that's, that's, that's such a strong yes. argument. I mean, look, yeah. look, look at the wall around the White House, walls around Israel. I mean, it's just there's walls everywhere you want to keep people out of. Or like they tell you, if you ask the border agents, it helps funnel the traffic so they can then have an easier job and not have to be so spread out. Because it's a lot. I mean, it's what? How many miles is that? I want to say it's. Seconds. I mean, it's hundreds, hundreds of miles. Uh, Seven hundred miles. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a ridiculous uh, area. And then, I mean, if you want to get back to like local issues, you know, we have a president who's not supporting our border agents. Uh, you had that guy on the horse, and they mm-hmm. were talking that he was whipping people. I mean. <laughs> When clearly, he's just holding the reins to his horse in his hand, and that was manufactured. I mean, that's fake news to the T right there. And It's pushed out that these guys don't hate these, you know, these fourteen thousand Haitians at the time that had massed and tried to invade our country. It's it is such a mess down there, and the only thing that I think that's going to clean that up is if we take back the house uh, at a congressional level in the Senate, and we get a good president back in. And that sadly, we're gonna have to wait until twenty twenty four for that to happen. In the meantime. In Utah, we need to make sure that we are not a sanctuary state, that we're not incentivizing these people that illegally cross the border to come here to Utah. I mean, they shouldn't be getting driver's license. They shouldn't be getting all the tools and things that they need to just let them feel like, oh, yeah, I did nothing wrong. Because the minute we start giving them stuff for breaking the law, more people are going to do it. And, and that's just, that's just the, the way it works. And, and so if we can stop incentivizing people to come here, I don't want them to feel like they should come to Utah. I want them to do it legally. I want them to come here and be a part of our society, to do it the legal way, bring their families here, go go across the border in a way that they have a green card and or a work visa. And that's those are the ones that I would like here. But when they come here and they're not a citizen, they're not paying the tax they're supposed to, that's going to drive our state down. And that's going to drive our entire country down. And I, I, I think here in Utah, we need to do everything in our power to not incentivize people to break the law.
0: You know, the, the estimated 12 to 15 million illegals that are here in the country um, two years ago. I can only imagine what that number is now because and they really don't know. These people right. really don't know how many are here. But yet, you know, they Joe Biden in sometime was next month title or was next month, title 42. And um, they'll be coming over by the droves. Mm-hmm. And they still are. So. You know, my problem with the whole thing is I have a problem with you coming here to the United States legally. But when they get here, all, some of them, you know, walk around with fake documents, fake IDs. Now, if you're American citizens, you walk around with a fake document or fake ID, your ass goes to jail. How do these guys get bank loans? How are they getting all the money they do to have get, you know, come up with to the start these businesses? Who's financing them? Where's the money coming from? You know I had a coffee I was looking I was looking for a coffee kiosk on the side of the road not side of the road but in the parking lot mm-hmm. I had to do so much work to make that happen but yet they could have a taco cart on the side of the sidewalk. That's the stuff that bothers me you know and now in in uh, parts of West Valley, You know, Rocket Mountain Power owns the power line, the strip land under the power line. So now they're building horse stables out of shanties is what they're calling under these power lines that they rent the land from Rocket Mountain Power. And they look like they put together plywood and plastic and cardboard. And so this is where we got to stop this stuff. You need to assimilate in our culture. uh, To the point where you're a legal citizen. I mean, yeah, you're going to have your own culture. You're going to do your own thing. That's fine and dandy. But when, you shouldn't be allowed to run down a neighborhood because you hear it legally and Joe Biden says it's okay.
1: Yeah, yeah it, it drives me up a wall. It's, it's completely insane. And, and Utah needs to do everything in our power to not contribute to that mess.
0: You know, I'm, I'm afraid it's going to happen as long as Cox is in office, brother. I'm afraid Mm -hmm. that, you know, he's not going to be one of those that are, that's aggressive about stop. He's not going to be a DeSantis. He's not going to be an Abbott. You know, he's not going to be a Ducey of Arizona. He's just not going to be one of those governors. And unfortunately we stuck with this guy for a few more years. God knows, you know, what may happen between now and then, but let me say something. I've got about a minute and a half left on the show. You know, I want people to know more about you and your candidacy and you, you know, being a legislator. Um, what should people know? How do they need to get in touch with you? If they need to get in touch with you, uh, your Facebook or your
1: Instagram or your email, talk mm-hmm. to the people. Yeah. My email is vote Trevor at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Facebook at vote Trevor Lee. Uh, I, want to actually be a good voice for the conservative side of our state. There's a lot of really good people here. And part of what can help with having, for example, a governor who does not align with the values of our state is having a good legislator. having people who will go in there and can override his vetoes and push good legislation that can make his role almost uh, non important to our state. If we have good legislators who are pushing good stuff, so I want to be one of those voices right. that my constituents and every one of you or anyone who wants to talk to me is going to know where I vote, that you can count on me as one of those good yay votes or good nay votes. You can count on me if you want a good bill or you want something good done here in Utah. Come to me. I will help sponsor the bill. I will help get, make sure the wording, the legislation, the let in the legislative session that I push and propose good bills to help keep our state in a, in a good direction or to make sure that it, it changes back to a good direction if it's been veering off to the side what district are you running it's district 16 it's east layton it includes hill air force base and a little bit of south weaver
0: so that's a big piece of landscape yeah well trevor i enjoy having you on this program now comes to a close once again um ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us today and I hope you have guys have a great rest of your week. My mouth is dry. I'm getting old. And uh, enjoy yourself. My name is John Harvey. Love you all. And I'm your host of the Modern Conservative
1: Podcast.